Welcome to the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we've been off for a while, um, had the holiday break. You had strep throat earlier this week, so we couldn't re- record on Wednesday. We've had a lot of cancellations. There's been a lot going on, but we're here a Friday afternoon gloomy. I think it's risen up to about negative five, and um, life is good. <laughs> Uh, strep throat's fun if you get a chance. I would highly recommend it. It's a great, <laughs> I don't it's think a great so. time. Nothing like your throat burning while, <laughs> while having nothing else that you can like drink or eat to make it subside. So, um, other than that, though, my New Year's was top notch, really good. Um, sat in the basement and <laughs> watched the ball drop, and uh, was like, "All right, I'm going to bed now." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even make it close to the ball drop this year. I fell asleep. Really? At, yeah, I fell asleep at like ten thirty. I was so yeah, tired. You're such an old man. I know. I know. You uh, hit. You hit I'm about, older than you, and I stayed up. Man, I know. You hit about twenty four, and that's the wall, is what I. And I had strep throat too. So yeah. like, uh, you know, um, no, very busy couple of weeks for us. Um, we had the Granite City Classic that was in town. We also had the Granite City Hockey Showcase that was in town um, the week before New Year's. Um, we also had a couple of tournaments in, at Cathedral and then also at the uh, new Shields Athletic Complex in Sartell. So a lot of stuff going on that week. We were very busy. Um, actually got back just in time from my flight from Colorado to be able to go and cover Tuesday's events. Um, so just a lot of stuff going on that week. Um, and then this past week, uh, honestly, haven't been to a whole lot of games. Um, I know for you... You weren't at anything, and I was also sick. So um, last night was kind of the first night that we were able to maybe go out and go see something for the first time. Um, also, with all these cancellations and stuff, it's just really hard to plan um, what's going on. I mean, literally, Zach is on plan E this weekend when it comes to his coverage for college sports. So, um, yeah, just a very crazy time that we're in right now. Omicron is definitely in effect um, as we – get into the month of January, but uh, luckily both of us are feeling much healthier um, and feeling much better compared to before, and now we can kind of get ready for these next couple of weeks before sections and state tournaments start kicking off in, in February. Yeah, it's it's been kind of a crazy stretch. Like you mentioned, there's also a lot of kind of, yeah, we had the holidays in there, we had some PTO mixed in, but we did get to see a lot of basketball and hockey. I know you saw at least about four or five hockey games that week, I think, um, we saw one basketball game together, and I saw about six or seven by myself um, by the end of the time. So um, we got to see a lot of teams um, kind of in a short amount of time, got to make a lot of, um, you know, kind of observations from that. So we'll go through some of those today. Um, we'll also go through just the teams that have been able to play, what their week's been like so far, and kind of look ahead um, to where they stand as we get into um, these next weeks. We'll also have something kind of new Um at sctimes.com we're launching we'll talk about that at the end of the show but you don't get it until the end yep. so you have to so, the whole time yeah or you hit you know 15 seconds about 30 times i gotta say that zach slide <laughs> it until like two minutes left if you really want to but it might not make sense if you do that so maybe just listen to the whole thing anyway but so we're back um you know the strep throat threw us off the wednesday schedule next week though i swear we will be back to wednesdays <laughs> 
I promise. But I think, uh, you know, you were at wrestling last night. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. But I think we'll start with basketball, um, where we weren't at the game last night. But, you know, the pretty record-breaking performance, I think, is probably where we need to start today. Um, Mason Lund had 51 points. That's right, 51 points um, in Sartell's victory over St. Francis. They put up 90 points in a win as a team. And Mason had 51 of them. Um, some just incredible kind of shooting marks. He he was 16 of 26 shooting. He hit six threes. He was 13 of 14 on free throws. Um, and basically just scored his will from the highlights I've also seen on Twitter that they posted. Um, they kind of compiled all of his points from that night. So um, pretty impressive. It's even more impressive because they were just coming off of two losses. And they were two good teams. I saw them lose to Buffalo last week um, in a game where... Buffalo's really deep, really physical, and they just kind of poured it on the second half. Sartell wasn't hitting shots, and Buffalo was just scoring in transition and really dominated. And that's a team that both those teams came in undefeated. Um, they're both going to be section opponents, could see each other down the road too. So I know that was a little deflating. That was easily you know, Sartell's worst offensive performance of the year. And then they played a really good Princeton team, um, who's you know one of the the best ranked teams in class three a and just narrowly lost by two points and put up a lot of points there too. So to respond like this, um, back at home, I think he set the record by like 10 points too. I think the previous record was only 40 or 41 points. So obliterated that and just, um, a really good way to get the Sabres back on track. Yeah. If you get a chance, I mean, I know you and I both were retweeting, um, that stuff last night and there was a video that they showed of, them doing their Sartell chant, um, their school chant or whatever, and then afterwards they poured a bunch of water on them and um, got a little bit of some fun there to, to celebrate the big win. Um, so if you get a chance, go on Twitter and fo- and check out the video that we retweeted on that. Um, but, yeah, definitely a really good performance by him. And honestly, in my mind, not too shocking. Um, he's just been so dominant this year. I mean – it seems like every single week I highlight him for top performers because he's got 27 or 32 or, you know, whatever. He's always been above 20 points basically every single game. So talk about a leader. Um, he definitely knows how to handle the pressure and, and knows how to handle when the ball when the ball is in his hands. Um, he knows what to do with it. So I, I just, I mean, just a really good performance by him. Um, I don't think I've seen Sartell play yet this year um I think you've been at all of the Sartell games this year um but from the sounds of it from what you said and from what you know other people have said I mean just really good performance when you have Mason Lund there as your leader and then you have guys like Evan Templin and Logan Clark to kind of help you out I know Logan Clark I, I don't know what game it was but it was just recently I think he had like 13 or 15 rebounds, one of them, which was unbelievable. So um, just everybody kind of playing their part, honestly. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, you have Evan and Logan are scoring double figures, and they do a lot of good things, um, passing the ball, rebounding, doing some great things too. And then you look at Mason's stats on the season now that not only is he scoring, you know, uh, 26 a game, and I'm trying to see if this is updated with his most recent game too. That might That might jump back up, but um as well he just yeah it actually does so um he's also just shooting at insane percentages especially for a guard um you know because he 
he is, you know, about a six, seven guy, but he also, he plays like a guard. He doesn't play like, you know, he's not in the post all the time. And, you know, he's shooting 57% from the field, 85% on free throws and 45% on threes, which um, I think are all kind of numbers we thought he could be at. And we kind of almost expected last year and his three point percentage dipped a bit, but you can just tell from last night, this entire season, they've kind of come back with a vengeance and they've been playing some really incredible basketball. And I'm thinking that Buffalo loss, especially kind of woke them up and kind of showed them um, it'll be a good teaching moment. I think going forward, just cause they, they were able to play with them for about a half. And then after halftime, they cut it within about, I think it was two or four points. And then Buffalo went on about a 30 to five run or so to end the game. They kind of just took control from there. So um, Sartell is definitely a team to look out in that, you know, section eight in class four. And it'll be a lot of fun to see if they can continue making strides. Um, and if they keep featuring, you know, him, Mason like this in the offense, um, I think they're, it's going to take them a long way. And another team that we both got to see, um, I believe it was for the first time this year. Yeah, it was Tech when they played Apollo over um, over the break um, during the Granite City Classic the first night. That was a crazy atmosphere, too. It was the last game of the night. Um, it was at Tech, so you had huge crowds from Tech and Apollo. There was a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Um, and you could even kind of tell the nerves were for both teams. The ball was kind of just going all over the gym there for a couple stretches, those first um, five, ten minutes. But Tech really came to play in this one. Um, they came out from the jump. They were stealing the ball, getting transition points. Um, you know, Donald Ferguson, the third, I think he – how many threes did he end up hitting? I think it was eight threes. Um, he was over 50% and just totally dominated. He had a 30-point game. Um, you know, they – there's a couple dunks down the stretch that were fun for the entire crowd, even a couple missed ones that were close that I thought were going in. But it was just a really electric atmosphere. And in the end, um, Tech really came to play in this one. Do you remember what the final score was, Brian? 92 to 52. In a rivalry game. And I think Apollo had won like seven of the eight previous in this rivalry, too. Um, Tech had won the last one last year, actually, to end that streak. And then they really impressed uh they really impressed me in this one. What kind of stood out to you, I remember, from uh, you talking to them after the game, too? Yeah, the one person that I talked to, well, I talked to both um, Donald Ferguson the third, just because of his performance, but then also I talked to Devin Yeager because Devin's been on the Tech team for a number of years, so he understands the rivalry quite a bit. And this win was very sweet for him. Um, he was tired of losing to Apollo. He wanted to get back on that win column, and especially his senior year, um, definitely made it possible. And I think the biggest thing was, was they went out right away. I mean, tech was flying across the court. Um, they'd stop, they'd go do a transition back and get a, and, and get a basket. Um, you know, they, everybody kind of played their roles and from the sounds of it, sounds like that's what they've been trying to kind of preach over the last couple of weeks, um, to start off the season is, you know, Everyone is not going to be the dominant shooter. Everyone's not going to be the post big, you know, post player that's up in the paint that's going to be, you know, getting all these baskets by the paint. There's going to be people that have to pass. There's going to be people that are going to have to rebound. And so, obviously, Donald Ferguson the third has shown that he is kind of their points maker. He knows how to handle the ball. He's a, you know, he's getting looked at by D1 schools. And rightfully so. I mean, he's look. He looks very sharp. I mean, he he can shoot basically anywhere from the court. But then you have like Devin Yeager, who used to be probably one of the big points leader for them before the Ferguson brothers came in, and now he's kind of the post player that 
you know, is that kind of gritty player in my mind. He, you know, boxes people out for rebounds. He, you know, he gets he gets double teamed in the paint and he looks for that opening of maybe, you know, Tamarin or Dante or um, or Ta- um, Donald outside for the three-point play or whatever. So, like, everybody kind of has their roles. And one of the guys that kind of shocked me as well was Deontay Horschow. Um, he he was phenomenal. He had 20 points on the game, um, and you could just tell that he had a spark lit under him. I mean, um, he was kind of, he played off and on last year I, for different reasons. I don't know technically, really, but um, this year he's been on the team constantly, and he's been making consistent stats every single game, um, and he looks like a really good player for them, um, and that's kind of what you need is, I mean, you have options. You have Donald Ferguson. You have Tamron Ferguson. You have Dante Horschel. You have De- De- Devin Yeager. Even Josh Harris looked pretty good. He finished with five points in the game. So, I mean, when you have four guys on the court that can really do something, it makes it a lot harder to double-team a guy or to, you know, do certain things like that. So, for me, that was kind of the big thing that opened up my eye was their fast play their way of transitions and their way of getting points right away. I mean, they were up, I think, 20 to four at the beginning of the game. Um, and I mean, there's not a whole lot of games that I see where teams are up 20 to four to start off a game. That's just unheard of. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think that was a big thing. Also on the other side, Thomas do looked really good. Um, he finished, he finished with, uh, 21 points, I believe it was, um, or 20 points. And then the next night when they played St. Francis, he finished with 31 points. So you can definitely tell Thomas is taking over that leadership role, and he's definitely taking over that points role, similar to like Mason Lund for Sartell. Thomas is kind of taking that role on for Apollo. Yeah, I hit some big threes in that game too. Had one really nice dunk too, kind of um, on the fast break. So yeah, Thomas had a great game. Another one for Tech. Um, that I feel like we should mention is Garrison Murray, who had some great steals defensively, also played a big role for them. And, you know, that's a team that, like I mentioned, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. Tonight, actually, you're going to be seeing them play Wilmer. Um, and Tech's had a bit of a break. They haven't played since um, the Granite City Classic, which um, just kind of how this team has operated this year is kind of evident with this, too, is after they put up 92 against Apollo, they lose 54 to 57 to Annandale um, at St. Cloud State the next night. Now, Annandale is a good team that has been kind of ranked around that top 10 in class 2a but it is kind of a smaller school that tech probably expected to beat um and they came up a little short and that's kind of been the tale of the season a bit there's been games they're you know putting up 80 90 points and they get wins and then there's a game like alexandria where they lose by almost 30 so they still are searching for that consistency and that's why i'll be interested to see kind of what your perspective is when you get to see them again tonight after a bit of a break probably some time to to implement some new things maybe, and we'll see kind of what they've learned from that last loss. But I, I still think Tech has a chance to kind of do some big things this year. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. I'm looking forward to seeing them play Wilmer tonight. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think I think it was a fun game to go see. And um, if I'm Apollo, it was nice to get that win against St. Francis right afterwards so that you can kind of, you know, cut the neck off a little bit and not let it seep too much into the season, you know. That's kind of the same thing with Sartell. I mean, last year, I know there was a few guys that was put on COVID protocol, and um, it kind of erupted their season. They weren't able to really come back from that. 
Um, this year, you know, you get a bad loss against Buffalo. You come back and you get a nice win against St. Francis, um, you know, with that performance by Mason. That's kind of the stuff you need to do to make sure that you're, you know, you're not dwelling too much on the loss and you get back in the win column and keep rolling. Yeah, and, you know, just a couple other guys' teams I'll mention before we get to the girls' teams, but um, Albany was one. We ba- we actually both got to see. I forgot we you were at that game as well when they played out at St. John's. Against Holy Family, they were facing a team that had two guys that were like six, eight or taller and could both hit threes. Um, and if, if you've seen Albany, they have a couple of guys that are like six, three or six, four, but nowhere near six, eight. So um, it was really interesting to see them try to cover those guys. And they did a pretty good job for stretches. And even though they started, I can't remember, you were taking stats. It was like they started like 0 of 9 and like 1 of 12 shooting. Um, but they still came back. They hit some threes. Um, and the one that stood out to me for them was Tyson Garrett's, who, um, you know, he had... I think like 18 of his 24 points in the second half um, was hitting jumpers in the lane, attacking the basket, hitting some open shots, um, got some steals. He kind of did everything that they needed him to down the stretch to get that win. Um, So they are also still, you know, the top ranked team. They did lose just last night, I believe it was. Um, So they're going to kind of have to bounce back. But that was only their second loss on the season. That would be so um, they're off to a nice start. And then Ricori, who's been off to a pretty difficult start, um, they were able to get their uh, back in the win column as well. I saw them play New Life Academy, um, who was kind of a fill-in for, they were supposed to play uh, the Blake School, but then um, New Life kind of stepped in because of, you know, COVID changes, rescheduling, um, who's, you know, they're a 1A school, so they are a bit smaller, but they are they were undefeated at the time, one of the better 1A schools. So um, it was a pretty even game, but Ricori hit some nice shots. They did some good things in the post and they won as well. So um, got to see a lot of local teams win, which is kind of what you want when you're seeing these holiday tournaments. So um, a lot of guys' teams off to some good starts. And the girls as well, the, the one that impressed me the most was um, Sartell, who I also got to see play over the holiday break. They were they played Buffalo, who's a section opponent. Um, and you kind of knew this was going to be a big game for them to kind of prove where they were at. And even though um, they started really slow, didn't didn't look great in the first half. The second half, they just kind of exploded. I think they held Buffalo to like 12 points in the second half. Um, and their head coach, Katie Martin, just really liked their effort, how they were playing defensively. They took it kind of more personally in that second half and did some really nice things. And, you know, they're sitting, they only have one loss um, on the year right now. They've they've beaten, I think they're undefeated in section two. I think they've defeated all three section opponents they've played. So, um, you know, the guys team and the girls team jumping up a class, I kind of expected them to have a tougher time, honestly, and they just honestly have not. They've both, I, they've picked a really good year to jump up a class because they have some teams that are really ready to win some games. So um, they're sitting currently at one, two, three, four, six, eight, and one. Um, and they haven't also played since the Granite City Classic, but Sartell Girls, they also beat Lakeville South, who's a 4A team, 70 to 57, um, the day after I saw them after they won 50 to 35 against Buffalo. So they're still playing incredible. Um, I think think it was they're allowing like the second fewest points per game in all of class 4a their defense is outstanding as usual and even on a even on a night when i saw them when you know avery templin and megan Dristy, who are usually the ones that score a lot for them they're having kind of a tough time you know people like riley domain or um you know emily crandall they stepped up and had huge games so they have a lot of depth they play great defense and that usually is kind of a winning strategy especially when you get to playoffs so i'm excited to see kind of where they can go this year yeah, no, I, I mean, I saw them early in the season, um, and so I mean, 
that particular game, Chloe Turner wasn't as much of a vital role, but it seems like she's been kind of growing into uh, a little bit something more um, for them. Um, but obviously you have your Avery Templin, you have, you know, Megan Dristy, those two. Emily Crandall also looked pretty good when I was over there. Um, but, I mean, you have those core, and then you have Chloe Turner, where she was kind of playing like a... <laughs> I mean, with how, how short Chloe Turner is, I mean, I was expecting her to be like a guard. But she was kind of in the paint a lot. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know how you put Chloe Turner in the paint, but... You know, all right, whatever you do. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but it seems like it's been working. Um, I know they've been switching some things up here and there um, with different tactics, but, I mean, obviously it's working. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's surprising to think that both of them have made the jump up to another class, and they've been looking really good. Um, obviously, sections will tell a lot more when you get to that section tournament time, but right now, I mean – they're looking really solid in my mind. Yeah, and they both have sweet new jerseys, too. They have, like, almost all <laughs> black jerseys that um, are new this year, too. I don't know if that's part of the strategy, the success. I don't know. We'll have to see on that one. But I, I really love those new jerseys, too. So <laughs> um, other than that, um, I'd say the other one I should mention is the St. Cloud Crush, who I got to see. I was hoping to see them play Ricori last night. would have been a good game. That game got postponed because of COVID protocols. So. Um, didn't get to see them last night, but I also saw them. Um, they played Duluth Marshall, got a win over um, the holiday break, too. They were the first team I saw of the tournament. And Jaina Benson had an incredible game. She had over 20 points. Um, all of her points in the paint has been shooting incredible this year. And um, even though they didn't hit a three-pointer in the entire game, they still won, which is pretty tough to do, honestly, in high school basketball. Um, they've had a tough time shooting all year, and if they can add that piece, I think they could they could kind of really be dangerous in the conference, maybe pull a couple upsets off. So they're also sitting at about 500 now. They have five wins, which is almost twice as much as Apollo and Tech combined had last year as separate programs. So I'd say for them especially, um, the co-op has really, really helped. It seems like it's definitely made a difference. So that's been cool to, to see them have some success as well this year. Yeah, and one other team that kind of caught my eye because I've been doing a lot of the scoreboards, and when you put in scores, you're kind of like, oh, that seems to be a trend, um, is Sock Rapids Rice. I mean, they've been looking really good um, these last couple of weeks. Got some big wins. Um, they just recently beat Mamiji last night. Um, it's kind of coming out of those three main players. You have Grace Roche, you have, um, you have Mia, and then you also have uh, Courtney Paulson. And, I mean, all of them have been averaging double digits, um, like six to eight rebounds each. Um, and they've been doing a really good job of getting those, getting the ball off to those three, three girls. And um, yeah, they've been, they've been looking really good. Uh, I know they got, I think they got a win against Zimmerman as well um, a little while ago. And so, I mean, for a team that was, I would say struggling at the beginning of the season, trying to kind of find its identity and trying to find, who was going to be that star player because you knew grace was going to be a good player but you're kind of seeing who else was going to step up into that role now they have three girls that can step up into that role and i'm sure it's nice for john to be able their head coach john to be able to you know depend not only on one but potentially three different players um game in and game out yeah and you know having mia come back um after injury she missed the first you know handful of games of the year when they were you know started winless 
and you knew that was good. They were going to be kind of a different team when she did come back and give them that post presence that they needed along with Grace and Courtney kind of being those dependable players on the wings um, and at point guard. So, yeah, so that's, that's been a big factor too. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of, you know, now they've won two in a row. Um, they play, they were supposed to play at, um, they're playing at recording next Friday is their next game. I think that'll be another test to kind of see how far they've come along. Cause recording a team with a winning record too. Um, that's had a pretty good start. So um, yeah, I think that'll about wrap up our basketball talk to start the podcast. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk a bit more about hockey. Brian got to see a lot of boys hockey and also a little bit of girls hockey um, over the holiday break. And, you know, we'll have some observations. We'll kind of see where the team sits. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, like I mentioned, Brian got to see a lot of hockey, especially at you know the Granite City Showcase at the MAC, especially last week. Um, so almost all the local teams there. And we should probably start with the St. Cloud Cathedral. Um, St. Cloud crush versus Cathedral game, um, especially with kind of the tribute to Mac Motzko beforehand, all the Cathedral players wearing um, special jerseys with you know his name on the back. Just tell me about, I guess first, just what that, atmosphere was like what it was kind of like that night it was a lot of people um they had a lot of support from that st cloud community and rightfully so i mean Motskos are a huge name around the st cloud area um with bob Motskow being the previous head coach for st cloud state and then mac you know being one of the one of the top players for cathedral um during their state runs the last few years um, before he graduated from from the school, I mean, a lot of people knew who he was and what he what he represented for not only Cathedral but just St. Cloud. So I mean, everybody was encouraged to bring red or wear red um, for the game. So there was a lot of people wearing red. Both student sections wore it. Um, the St. Cloud players had red in their jersey. Um, St. Cloud Cathedral wore these red jerseys that they auctioned off um, or they did like a silent auction for um, to raise money for um, the Moscow's uh, charity um, hugs for I think it's hugs hugs for Mac Moscow. It's a charity foundation that they that they have. So, um, so I mean, it was a very cool um Chill. I mean, it gave me chills. Was sitting in the in the press box. Um, they just did a lot for him, and um, they have a they have a big plaque that they're going to put into the in the lobby of the MAC um, that is dedicated to anyone that made a significant impact on the ice at the MAC. Um, you can I think it's like a donation. You donate, and then their name can be put on you know underneath this plaque um, just because you know. If just with how young Mac was um, and his passing, I know there's a lot of other people that, you know, want to dedicate to people that maybe didn't have the full length of their life um, and so forth. So um, but a very powerful, very powerful beginning of the game 
Um, a lot of tears were shed by many, and uh, there was a moment of silence for 18 seconds because that was Mac Motzkel's number. Um, and then the game started, and <laughs> Cathedral was pumped from from what I can tell. Um, they they started this the week really well. Um, they had a a nice win against River Lakes, two to one. John Hirschfield um, was able to get a like a last minute goal against the the Stars to get that two to one victory on Tuesday, and then it became the Nick Hansen show. Their goalie on Wednesday, shutting out, um, I believe it was Litchfield Dassel Cocado. Um, pretty sure I gotta make sure I got that right, but they went two and zero to start off the week. Um, oh no, sorry, Sock Rapids Rice. That's what it was. They beat Sock Rapids Rice. I think it was four to nothing on on that Wednesday night, and then they came over to um, play that rivalry game against St. Cloud, and they hadn't been able to play for the last couple of seasons. They they got it canceled last year because of COVID. Um, so the last time that they played was during this tournament in 2018. Yeah, I believe it was 2018 or 2019. But anywho, they they had a really good game. Um, and they scored right away. They had two scores right off the get-go um, to kind of lead that to nothing. And then Nick Hansen took over. I mean, he kind of did what he did against Sock Rapids Rice, got um, another shutout performance, and they were able to beat uh, St. Cloud, I believe it was 3 to nothing, and uh, finished the week 3-0, which is huge for them. I mean, especially being a younger team, and, you know, not sure how things were going to go. You lose Grant Martin at goalie. Um, you bring in two brand new goalies that haven't had a whole lot of varsity experience. Um, you also lose a few different key um, attacks, you know, forwards and such, um, like Jacob Hirschfield. And then you replace them with some new people like his brother, John Hirschfield, as well as like Nolan Windham. Um you just didn't know kind of what to expect for this team because it was a very young team. And they started off a little a little iffy, but now they have been sailing. I mean, they're on a huge high right now. Um, and <clears throat> they're, they're going to have some tough contests coming up. They play Hermantown on Friday night next week, which I think I'm going to be going to um, at home. But, I mean, they, they scored nine goals in three games, um, and they only gave up two goals this entire – or one goal, one goal this entire time. So, I mean, it just shows you kind of what their balance is like offensively and defensively. Um, and it definitely took me by surprise because, I mean, you weren't, I guess for me, I wasn't really expecting that, you know, going 3-0 because that was some, they had played two section opponents and a rivalry team. I mean, you, you wouldn't expect to go 3-0 that week, especially back-to-back-to-back games. But, Cathedral was able to do it. Yeah, and that you know that gave them seven wins in a row. They did lose um, two to nothing to Orono last night to kind of snap, snap that win streak. And like you said, they have some tough ones coming up tomorrow on Saturday. They play at Delano, who's top five in Class A. Like you mentioned, the following Friday is Hermantown at home, which is the top team in Class A. So, you know, as always, their schedule, their non-conference schedule is always re- really impressive, and we'll kind of see where they stack up against those top teams in the class, but they have been doing some really nice things. Um, like you said, not giving up very many goals. Um, you know, after they kind of gave up 
quite a few, you know, losses to Little Falls, East Grand Forks earlier in the year where they gave up four and six, um, and even four and a win against Princeton. Since then, they've been really good in goal. They, you know, haven't really been giving up more than two or three goals most of the time. So that's been huge for their success. And, and another team that's been finding, um, you know, their stride lately too is Sartell, it seems like. Um, Sartell's been putting together some nice wins. They won six to one against St. Cloud last night. Um, and have what I, I believe you saw them as well at the tournament. You know, what, what have you kind of seen and you saw them play Sock Rapids too earlier this year? What have you liked kind of out of Sartell so far? They know how to score goals. <laughs> like, my goodness, the amount of goal scoring that they've had this season has been insane. Um, they beat Monticello and Litchfield Desafocado um, Tuesday and Wednesday of that Granite City Showcase. They lost to Providence Academy on, on Thursday. Um, but they have been unbelievable with goal scoring. They scored 14 goals in those three games. And then they added six more against St. Cloud last night um, to get that win. And I mean, they've scored 39 goal or 38 goals in nine games. And then this one, I guess you would say 44 goals in 10 games. They've been averaging like almost four and a half goals a game. That's just insane in my mind. Um, and then uh, the big part is um, Troy Lund. He um, he scored, he scored six goals out of the 14 goals in the showcase. He's been their offensive leader this, this entire year. Um, Billy Volt has been a, a huge assist guy. He's been, I mean, he has an amazing eye for that ice and can basically send it to anybody he needs to. Um, and then Tommy Frank has been pretty outstanding. He got, those, he got the first two goals of uh, the Monticello game on Tuesday. Um, so, I mean, basically it can be anybody's night. Um, obviously they have their leaders, but it seems like even those guys on the second, third lines have been, you know, definitely improving and growing throughout this season. Um, I know there was a lot of question marks. The main thing is, is they are giving up a handful of goals compared to like last year when they had Quinton. Um, and with new guys, you kind of expect that with, with goalies. Um, Noah Hacker has been doing a pretty good job. Brandon, um, Bonick, he was behind net last night against St. Cloud, um, so they've been kind of going back and forth, but uh, both of them have been looking good. They've been averaging about three goals per game-ish, um, and, I mean, that's not bad for two brand-new goalies. But, yeah, I mean, they have definitely sp- have a spark offensively, and it is fun to watch because anytime that they get near the goal, there's someone can have the chance to be able to put it in the back of the net. So that, you know, yeah, those those two have been finding quite a bit of success um, recently. And another team you got to see get a win um, on the girls' side was the St. Cloud Crush. I know they had a really nice two games in the holiday term. You want to talk a little bit um, about them as well and what kind of impressed you um, from what you're able to see? Because they came back to win their game, correct? Yeah, no, they they, they came back. Um, they they kind of, I mean, they're 9-4 and four right now. Well, now, now I think it's 9-4-1 and because they tied with Sock Rapids, um, Sartell Sock Rapids Rice on last night um, in, in their game after the holiday break. But on Tuesday and Wednesday of that holiday classic, Storm and Sabres holiday classic, um, they played some tough teams. They, they beat Minot, North Dakota, 4 nothing on Tuesday to get to that championship game. And then they had to play New Ulm, who New Ulm is not an easy team. Um, I think they're, they were 10-2 and two heading into that game. 
Um, and they were down three nothing, and it seemed like, you know, I mean, honestly, for me, I was kind of packing up my 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 camera. I was just kind of sitting there watching the rest of the game, but you know, you, you weren't really expecting much because New Ulm was just on a roll. They were flying, and then once they got into that second um, second period, I mean, it was insane. They just flipped. Um, they had Jenna Jenna Amundsen had three goals. She had a hat trick, and then Kaylee Davidson and Molly Bergstrand. Both each scored a game, um, a goal as well. Kelly Falconer has been their kind of go-to person for a goalie. Um, they also have Abby Stevens, who played a game just because three games or two games in a row. It's nice to have someone in in the goal as well. Um, but they they have a lot of depth. They also have a lot of experience because a lot of these girls have played on the team for a number of years. So. Um, they don't really quit, and it was really fun to see. I mean, they, they had a really, really good performance over that holiday break. Um, I think they were probably expecting, they were hoping to get a win against Sartell Sock Rapids, especially for um, the section rankings because they're kind of neck and neck right now. St. Cloud's around number four in the section, um, and then Sartell Sock Rapids is kind of near the bottom at number seven. So I'm sure St. Cloud definitely wants to get a few more wins to kind of boost them to make sure that they get that home home game right away um, and not have to hit the road right away. But, I mean, 9-5-1 and one is a pretty good record to start off this season um, for them. And it's due to the fact that they have a lot of depth. I mean, they have Kat, Kat Bell, Peyton Mathiason, Ava Schmidt, Jenna Amundsen. Um, I mean, all of these different girls have been playing on the team for a long period of time. They've developed that chemistry, and you can definitely tell that it's there on the ice anytime that they hit the ice. Yeah, it's, it's been impressive to see. You know, it's, it's good to see a lot of our local teams having some success, and it's also fun when they, they do get to play each other a lot, kind of these crossover games. Uh, you don't get to see that too often. Um, so it's nice to see like you did at, at the Granite City Showcase. Anything else uh, we didn't touch on, Brian, you wanted to add? The main thing that I'd say is, I mean, we're getting kind of closer to that section time. Um, so I know fans usually want to know kind of where people are at. Just a quick little overview. Sartell obviously made that jump in, in boys hockey from Class A to Double AA. A. Um, they're sitting at the five seed right now. Um, they're behind some really good teams. Rozo, Moorhead, St. Michael Albertville, Elk River, those types of teams. Um you know, you have two teams like Rozo and Elk River that haven't lost a section game this season. So tells you kind of what the competition's like this season for, for that Section 8 AA. St. Cloud, kind of near the bottom. Um, they're the number eight seed right now, and um, they would, I think, be playing a play-in game right now um, if everything stopped to play the number one seed. So um, definitely need to make sure to kind of boost that. They're 3-8-2 and two right now, and um, they have a lot of offense, but it's just the fact that they their goalie has their goalie position has been changing so much. Ben Condon was hurt. They put in Hank Bolson. Then Ben kind of came back, and now I think he's kind of gone now. So it's just been a lot of influx on that goalie position that um, is hard for people. Um, and then in class single A for boys hockey, you have section five A, which has Cathedral, Saint, or Sock Rapids, Rice, and River Lakes. Cathedral's the number three seed as of right now behind Little Falls and Cambridge Isanti. River Lakes is the five seed. They've been looking really good. They had some really close losses at the showcase during that holiday tournament. Um, then they came out and won 11-2 to 
um, last night. So I think they were a little mad about the fact that they didn't get any wins. And so wanted to start off the new year with a bang, and they definitely did that. So um, kudos to them for that. Um, they're sitting around the five seed right now, so it looks like they would probably be hosting um, a game at least right now. Um, and then Sock Rapids kind of near the bottom. They're three and nine. Um, they're looking to be the number nine seed right now um, out of 10 teams. So um, a little bit of some improvement needed for them. Um, and then on the girls' side, you have St. Cloud, who, like I said, was the number four seed. They're behind Brainerd Little Falls, as well as uh, Moorhead and Roseau. Sartell Sock Rapids, currently the number seven seed out of eight teams. And then finally, in Section 6A for girls' hockey, you have River Lakes, and they are actually the two seed right now. They're eight and eight. They're five and two in the section right now. Um, they're behind Fergus Falls, who's undefeated in, their, in section play right now, and 12-2-1. and one. Um, they, they got some nice wins. They got a nice win against Wilmer last night, which was needed. Wilmer's the number three seed right now, and so that can easily flip-flop with, with different wins. Um, so very nice for them to get a win against Wilmer last night. Um, Kane's Roski is looking really good at goalie right now. She actually finished the game last night with 38 saves and a shutout against Wilmer, which is a very good performance by any goalie. Um, so, I mean, just, I mean, for, I know for them, they're trying to get back to that state tournament. And luckily, you know, they lost a ton of seniors, but they also are in a, in a section where, you know, honestly, it's kind of three teams that are going to be looked at as potentially winning that section with Fergus Falls. River Lakes and Wilmer and looks like Wilmer's kind of out of it now. So it's potentially two teams and it wouldn't shock me if River Lakes and Fergus Falls meet up for that section championship. So, yeah, so that kind of gives you um, a better picture of kind of where all the teams are standing. We'll kind of go through that with, you know, in future weeks with basketball too and hockey and some of the other sports to, to let you know where it sits as we kind of start to, to focus in more on that as we get into February. But I think that'll about wrap up this part of the show. So we're going to take one more break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk wrestling from last night, which Brian was at. Um, we're also going to talk about college and all of the cancellations and what's actually still happening this weekend. It's a pretty short list at this point. Um, and also just a couple news and notes things and where we're going to be next week to wrap up the podcast. But um, we're going to take one last break and then we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to finish up here quick with a little wrestling and then some college talk. Uh, Brian, I know you got to see three different teams actually out um, last night wrestle for the first time this year. Um, a couple ranked wrestlers is two. Do you want to just kind of give a little recap of what you saw? What kind of stood out? Yeah, it was kind of like uh, St. Cloud Heaven's dream for, for uh, photojournalism. Um, you had St. Cloud hosting Sartell and Sock Rapids Rice last night, so three local teams all competing in a triangular. Um, St. Cloud was able to come out 2-0 and with uh, with some really good performances. Uh, Sartell finished 1-1, and and Sock Rapids Rice went 0-2 um, on the night. Um, overall, really good wrestling. Um, you kind of look at the you look at the rankings every single you know every couple of weeks, and you're like. 
oh, okay, that guy, oh, okay. You start adding up the list, and you're like, holy cow, there's like 11 to, there's like 10 to 15 guys from around the area that are all ranked. So um, some really good wrestlers around the St. Cloud metro area, um, also including Ricori and Albany, too. Um, but for this night, um, St. Cloud was able to get a really close win against Sartell. They were actually down by 12 points with two matches left. Um, and Sutton Caning and uh, Tucker Hug, they both were able to get pins to make it a 36 to 36 tie. And since St. Cloud had five pins and Sartell had four pins, St. Cloud won the match due to like tiebreaker criteria like F or something. So um, there's a big explanation. We don't need to go through it. So just you can read my story online if you want to learn more about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so very good performance by them. And then just ranking wrestlers wise, I mean, Sartell has three wrestlers that are in the top 10 for their respective weights. St. Cloud has four. Sock Rapids Rice has two. Um, and all of them looked really good. I mean, Spencer Johnson, Ashton Lipinski both went 2-0 and um, on the night. Um, Dylan Enriquez, he finished one and one, um, but he was also facing off against um, Jackson Ketting and one of them from St. Cloud, who is also ranked and a very good wrestler as well. Um, so Ketting went two and zero, and then Andy Johnson, Cody Brought, and Tucker Hug all went two and zero um, for ranked wrestlers for St. Cloud, and then for Sock Rapids, Vance Bars, he went two and zero, and then the other ranked wrestlers, Cole Ackerman. But I believe he's injured. Um, he did not dress for the night, but he was on the bench you know, cheering guys on. So um, it'd be nice to see him come back for the end of the season, regular season. Um, I know he was part of the state tournament last year, um, had a really good performance, and I'm sure he wants to get back there for his, you know, his senior year and be able to you know, end on a high note. So see what happens there. But, I mean, the big – the big thing is, is everybody basically went 2-0 that's ranked. So um, just shows you kind of what these guys are capable of doing. Um, and, I mean, we're only about a month away or so f- before team and individual section tournaments happen for wrestling. And um, I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward because, like I said, there's probably about 10 to 20 different guys from the five different schools that we cover that are all ranked um in their respective weight classes and they've been ranked for the entire season. So just shows you how much consistency um, this area has for wrestling. Absolutely. So <laughs> that's one thing that, you know, we're kind of keeping an eye on. Brian has some pictures up from that uh, event last night too, with all three of those teams you can check out. Um, and as well, m- moving on to college, there's not much to talk about because basically everything is getting canceled either from one of our local teams having COVID protocols, one of the teams are playing having COVID protocols. Um, I, this was kind of expected to me, at least from when you send all these, you know, teams home for a week or two to different parts of the country and then they all come back right as we have a variant that, you know, is wreaking havoc and having some of the biggest COVID numbers we've had. This wasn't too big of a surprise. So um, we, I did get to see St. Cloud State. Um, on New Year's Day, they beat Bemidji State in a good game that they got to play a, a game at Bemidji State on New Year's Eve and win, and then one on New Year's Day, too. So they're up to fourth in the rankings. Um, but other than that, basically everyone else is 
been canceled. They were supposed to play Duluth this weekend. That got canceled. The women's team as well was supposed to play Duluth. That got canceled. Um, St. John's, St. Ben's, all of them have had a ton of cancellations. So the one thing that as of 3.54 when we're finishing this podcast on Friday, St. Cloud State women's basketball is going to possibly play in two hours, and that's all I have left. So I'm really hoping it happens. But when I post when I post the podcast, it'll be like five fifteen, and it'll probably be yep. canceled. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, okay, well, never mind. I guess I'm staying home tonight. But um, I'm, it honestly worked out kind of nicely because um, the two games they're playing are are really key games in conference this year. Um, right now, St. Cloud State um, in the North Division, they're leading the division. They're seven and one in conference. And they're going to be playing um, Concordia St. Paul and uh, MSU Mankato, who both of them are the top two teams in the South Division. Um, both won a ton of games, are kind of on the cusp of the top 25 rankings, just like St. Cloud State. So um, I think they'll be some really good games. You know, St. Cloud State's the number one team on defense. Um, and both of these teams are two of the top three scoring offenses in the conference. So we'll kind of see what style um, wins out the next two nights at Hellenbeck Hall. But um, those should be some really good games. Other than that, um, it's it's not even worth really mentioning what's happening because it's probably going to be canceled by by the time we go to it next week. But I'm kind of hoping that um, you know this this kind of sweeps through. We have a couple weeks of this. Um, you know, people continue to you know try to be safe as much as they can, and hopefully we can by the time we kind of roll around to February or March when the postseasons are, um, things can somewhat be operating like they were the first month of the season when we really didn't have. Um, any cancellations much in any of these sports before the holiday break. Absolutely. No, for sure. So I think this kind of wraps up the podcast. we got a couple other things that we need to talk about. As for me, um, this upcoming week, um, like we said, going over to Tech Basketball, boys basketball tonight against Wilmer. Tomorrow, a lot of teams on the road. So I will be sitting in my apartment tomorrow um, working on a few different projects and things like that for the new year. Um, and then next week on Tuesday, I'll be heading out to Powder Ridge to go see the Alpine skiing team, um, the breakaways. Um, and hopefully, um, I know Powder Ridge makes their own snow, so that shouldn't be an issue. So I think it's just more of weather because, you know, it's minus, I think it got up to minus four now, um, outside. So that's a plus, um, but we can't really ski in minus four weather because it's really really cold um well i guess i can't ski in minus four weather but maybe others um and then after that i'll be heading out to burnix arena for um the river lakes versus sartell sock rapids rice girls hockey game uh, my first time seeing the stars um this season which will be kind of fun um and then wednesday i'll have off thursday come back and um do I'll be heading out to, I believe it's Tech Recori Cathedral Co-op versus Sartell for boys swimming and diving. Um, Dave will be over at St. Cloud Sartell Gymnastics. Um, we'll be kind of taking a bunch of photos that, that night because there's a lot of local matchups going on. And then Friday, I'll be over at Hermantown at Cathedral for boys hockey um, to go watch that game, which is always a fun one. And then Saturday, not entirely sure what I'm doing yet. Um, there's a few games, but honestly, a week from now, it's kind of like the weather. Anything can change. <laughs> so um, I, I'm just not going to say what I'm going to do Saturday. <laughs> I think that's the safest bet. Yeah, I know next week um, 
I'm going to try to see Tech basketball too. They're me playing Cathedral, who I haven't got to see that yet this year for boys. So Tuesday, I'm hoping to see them play. Um, the Tech College um, has games on Wednesday to their boys and girls. Uh, their men's and women's teams are going to be playing. I'm hoping um, they'll still be playing next week. With with my luck with college events, I don't know, but I can be hopeful that they'll be playing next week. Um, see some boys swimming. I believe Apollo Sock Rapids on Thursday night. I'm hoping. And then um, that Saturday, St. John's um, is scheduled to play a really big game uh, with Augsburg basketball as well um, for kind of that top team in the MIAC for men's basketball. So um, some big stuff coming up next week. We're both going to be trying. We're kind of going to be fully back um, in the new year in the swing of things and hopefully can get out to as many um, events as possible. And then lastly, before we go, the thing I mentioned like, yeah, 50 minutes ago, Brian's Brian's doing an imaginary drum roll. Oh, now you can hear it um is we're gonna be we're starting um i believe it's gonna be next week we're gonna be starting um a, a sports specific newsletter i know we do a business newsletter at the sctimes.com um a couple other ones that get sent out to people's inboxes um that's gonna be something we're starting up i believe it's gonna be on thursdays um and we're gonna be kind of sending out you'll be able to see some of uh you know sports specific stuff with top stories top galleries the podcast itself will be one thing each week that there's that's there too. top performers all that kind of stuff, and then also looking ahead of it um, to the weekend to know what are the big games to watch for, what teams are kind of on a hot streak, what are some names and numbers to know. So that's going to be something we're launching. Um, so kind of stay tuned to sctimes.com for more info on that. I'm sure also on our Facebook and Twitter and stuff, we'll have spots you can sign up to kind of get that sent directly to your inbox. You know, So kind of end of the week, you know what to look for for the weekend and where we've kind of been for the week. So I know we're excited to get that started as well. Yeah, and, and the nice part is is you don't have to be a subscriber to the SC Times. It'd be great if you were. Um, <laughs> but you don't necessarily have to be. Um, but it basically is just a subscription where you put in your email, um, and then they send it to your email every Thursday so that you can go through and check it out. So um, not necessarily a subscription, but... There will be stories on the newsletter that if you click on, you will need a subscription at times. So um, be prepared that if you aren't subscribed, there might be some stories that you can't read um, just due to the fact that we have them on under subscription only. So be good to maybe check off that box um, and get that get that done, because I think we still have some New Year's uh, deals going on and such. And if not. We usually have a deal every month. It's like Valentine's Day deal or <laughs> President's Day deal. So, I mean, um, make sure to keep checking the website because there's always some good deals that are always going on for us um, at the SC Times. But I always appreciate the listening and the and the subscriptions and, you know, all of the support that you guys have for the St. Cloud community. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I think that'll about do it for today's podcast. So, um mm-hmm. We'll, we'll try to get back on our Wednesday schedule next week. We should have a bit more to talk about with, with kind of everything getting back underway. So um, for this week, once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.